Welcome to the Bernie Kosar Show, post-Christmas edition. We've got the legendary quarterback himself alongside the top dog. <laughs> who, by the way, celebrated a birthday on Christmas. Too bad we couldn't pull off the win for you. A birthday boy. We, well, had a vic- we wanted a victory Monday and a happy birthday Monday. Hey man, I just want you guys to know, you know, 29 and holding. 29 and holding. I want you guys to take a look. You know, it's still... Uh, Looking so weak. Christmas, you know, I got my red outfit on, so I, <laughs> oh, thought I, could, uh, Santa. I thought I could just show up and let you guys see this. So, uh, I mean, Gab, don't you say one thing about it, neither. <laughs> he, I said you're looking good. Yeah. <laughs> Are you staying the warm in this fr- frozen blizzard? <laughs> hey, huh? Layers. It's layers, called layers yeah, underneath yeah. this. You know, normally if we play, which we'll get into socks and jocks, but yeah. right now it's layers. <laughs> and you know, this is our last show in the studio, being a little bit, uh, or in the garage studio, I should say, being a little bit more chilly than usual before we head downtown. So that'll be exciting. We also got Angry Ken. Let's introduce him into the show well i think he's a little indifferent though today yeah are you just well, dead inside I, yeah i got the hood on because i'm still frozen from sitting out in the refrigerator game the other day but uh, uh same story we'll get into it ken i gotta say this and, and bernie uh, gab said we're moving into uh into the uh fancy dugs you know the studio and all that you know i kind of like it here because uh i'm a old, uh, country boy from uh Alabama. Some people say I'm no good. (laughs) Crazy as can be. I get drunk in the morning. I get stoned in the afternoon. afternoon. But I'm not (laughs) anybody for nothing. If I can't get it on my own. If you don't like the way I'm living, leave this short hair country boy alone. Yeah. 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 And for the 21st year of the 22 years of this century, we're going to leave that country boy alone because there's no playoffs coming, all right? Damn, no playoffs. So we had Ken speechless. We got Top Dog singing. How blessed are we? What a day. Let's get into our opening. I'll just play the video. We got nothing else, right? Back out to you, and uh, we we appreciate the songs, Top Dog. Hey, uh, you know though, I'm I'm thinking as you know, the Top Dog, not to cut him off, but you're talking about socks and jocks and stuff. <laughs> we got the opening drive here. We're talking about must-win games, staying in the playoff picture. Um, not to make this about ourselves, but kind of before we punish ourselves, talking about this past game. Um, one of the last times we had a socks and jocks call that I remember with you, Top Dog, December seventeenth. 1989 was probably the last time we had weather this cold for a game. I was somebody sent me a clip over the weekend of the Vikings Browns game in 1989 where it started out where it was a minus a wind chill of 15 to minus 20 degrees, almost like um, this past Saturday afternoon, Christmas Eve, where it was uh, like minus 10 to minus 12 starting a game up. And you know, that mentality, that socks and jocks call that you had. One of the things that was incredibly disappointing, I wanted to say it in jest, but to be sitting here again before Christmas Day um, yeah, um, this past Sunday, to not be in the playoffs again for, the, I said, the 21st time out of 22 times this year, it's incredibly discouraging. Well, and, and for you guys that's uh, listening, and, and, and I'm going to give a little bit more detail about it, what Bernie's talking about, when we played, you know, 
we didn't care. I mean, how cold it was. We know we. No, had we actually embraced it. We, I mean, yeah, we knew. Hey, our stats may not have been as good, but we knew they were better absolutely. than our counterparts for the other team. Because absolutely. if we could muster the weather, we lived in this weather. We embraced this weather. It did not look like we embraced yeah. that weather at all. And we had a saying that we used to say, and it's exactly what he said. We used to say socks and jocks. Socks and jocks, meaning. That's the only thing you would have on. You wouldn't have on any thermal underwear underneath your uniform, anything like that, because we always thought and believed that if you were thinking about the weather, you're not thinking about and worried about and the task at hand, and the task at hand is beating uh, the, our opponents. And what I find, Bernie, it, it, you know, this game yesterday, I was totally shocked. I mean, I was totally shocked. I mean, obviously it was cold. I mean, and like you said, we played in cold games like this. But the thing that and we practice where you play, yeah. so we were accustomed to it. You, that's you, why again, you would embrace that type of weather you, because you'd been in it through the course of the year. Practicing. Okay, you have a team coming here, the New Orleans Saints, coming from down south, south. out of a dome. a dome. And 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 how do you explain? And we're up ten nothing. Yeah. Where they want to quit, like you yeah. give them every reason to nail the nail the last nail in that coffin. I, I was just so it, it's it was just amazing to me to watch some of the things and that happened during the course of that ball game. And we're going to get into it. We're going to dissect it. But uh, I was shocked to see this football team again, and I, I I have to say it again, coming from down south, coming from a dome, and I thought that alone. As cold as it was, it would be enough to take us over the top. And everything that we had to play for, obviously we were still in it. I mean, we had a small chance, but we still had a chance to make it to the playoffs. We needed a lot of help. But God damn it. I mean, what we did was just and – you, and you hit it 10. We had right. them 10 nothing. We had jumped out ahead of them, and then we let them come back. Yeah, and to have their coach, Dennis Allen, after the game, talking about not only the physical toughness that they showed, but that second-half mental toughness – that they showed, and unfortunately we didn't show, and, and you end up being 6-9, and nine, not in the playoff picture again already this year. You, you know a thing that I thought that really, um, and, and I was a little bit disappointed in our football team, I mean, we knew, I mean, when you look at Tyson Hill, obviously, and, and Ken talked about him during our last show and talked about he was going to play a big part in this game, and, and he damn sure did. I mean, number seven, we're talking about this guy came out. We didn't, we didn't really have an answer for him. I mean, he, I think he, he came out, he had an eight-yard touchdown run, and he had four guys, four of our guys on defense, hanging on his back. Hey, for we talked about it before the game last week on last week's podcast that not, one of the things with the weather, obviously – the law of physics, challenging to throw the ball. So both quarterbacks being able to use their legs. Deshaun Watson, three carries, 24 yards. The first touchdown was Deshaun running. Absolutely a way to assimilate and get yourself into the game with that type of weather like that. We had talked about and people had asked me about Andy Dalton, and that should be an advantage in terms of him not having the wheels like Deshaun Watson. And he should be massively affected by the wind, which he was. You know, he was like eight for 15, yeah. 92 yards. Yeah. But we talked about it on the show. That's not what we're worried about. What they're going to do with this wind is they're going to bring Taysom Hill into the game. That We knew that and that he's going to run the ball with his legs. Taysom Hill, the quarterback Taysom Hill, didn't throw a single pass, <laughs> nine rushes, 56 yards, 
I mean, when you get when you get six, you know, six point three yards a carry, and you know he's just going to be running. That that in itself was telling. Hey, Bernie, let's talk about that Deshaun touchdown for a second. He basically walked right in there. What do you think happened on that play? Why did it work? Well, you know what? That's that's kind of the the excitement level that we've been talking about with the read option type plays, the RPO type plays, the the do you hand the ball on on various run type checks and the the uh, backside pursuit guy followed down the line closed and Deshaun made the perfect read and with his wheels made it just a super easy easy run wait well, you know what guys that is such a uh, great play and maybe Bernie Hanford talk about this because when that quarterback's going to run that's that that's an extra blocker you've got because now if you if you look at that, Kareem Hunt throws a great block down on under. Yep. And, you know, when you it, it's kind of like that wildcat, but when you got a guy who can really throw it, it's such a weapon. Why didn't we use it more? Well, and again, the, we've been talking so much about the RPO, the the run type scheme type plays that we've been anticipating. We talked about last week's show that the on the podcast that Taysom Hill, they were just going to have flat-out designed runs with that extra blocker like that. Why don't we do that with Deshaun on that play? That is what we did. We had the extra blocker. Um, Kareem had an ex excellent block on that. Um, to the to the play calling and stuff, yeah, you wish you would have went back to it more like the Saints did with Taysom Hill and stuff. You I, I could see Why do you get the extra blocker? But if you look at the Saints – they were they're almost uh, similar to what you talk about with the Browns in terms of they struggled to get uh, in stopping the run. Their rush, their run defense was absolutely challenged. So when you add that extra blocker like that with Deshaun Russian, um, I'm sure Coach Stefanski would, would have liked to have done more of that. Like yeah, like the Saints did with Taysom Hill. Yeah, and Hanford to, to take it over to Taysom Hill when he came in the game and Dalton was out. We you kind of knew what was going to happen. They're going to run the ball. Why, why does our defense continually struggle with just runs up the middle? And, and that's the thing that's most frustrating uh, because uh, Bernie hit it right on the head. The guy didn't throw one pass, didn't throw one pass. And we knew, he was, we, we knew the package that what was going to happen when he came into the game. And obviously we knew he was going to run the football. We couldn't stop him from running, even though we knew he was going to throw the football. I'm sitting here laughing because uh, I'm uh, listening to uh, uh, Angry Ken over there. And I'm saying to myself, I mean, well, goddamn, uh, Angry Ken knows his football over there. Uh -huh. Look at him talking about uh, an extra blocker when he knows he's going to uh -huh. run the ball. I'm sitting there saying, my man, know what he's talking about over there. Well, yeah, we should have ran that play on that third and two. I don't want to feed I don't want to feed Ken Ziegler yeah, and, and yeah, to, yeah. Uh, Top Doc's compliment, but, but bro, you, you are right yeah, on. Yeah. And with that extra blocker on those third and twos, it's one thing if it's not in the system, it's not in the game plan, it's not been practiced. By the 12-yard touchdown run and the Kareem Hunt block on that, we see that it is in the system. So in the second half, not to have gone back to that. You could, and sometimes play callers have a hard time going back to successful plays. When you look over yourself, you wish you did that again, absolutely. I have a question. I mean, I have a question, and, and, and I already know the, my answer to it. And um, I, sounds I, like a marriage, well, a loaded question. Uh, well, I just, get, I just get so frustrated. And my question is, is it time for Stefanski to give up the play calling? And, and let me tell you why. I mean, everybody, 
everybody could see, and everybody in the stadium, everybody watching the game can understand and know that we need to run the football. I mean, we need to run the football. If you look at the conditions yesterday, and you know better than I do, watching the conditions yesterday, it was so hard to throw the football, especially on some of those deep patterns. I mean, oh, it was just I, terrible. You know, this and is, we go and we run it. We, I mean, we throw it. We throw it. When we're running the ball, we're getting uh, eight and nine yards a pop. And so, sure, they're going to stop you sometime. But out of four tries, I guarantee you we're going to get 10 yards with uh, with uh, Nick Chubb. I, that's, that's just my thing. But is it time for him, I mean, to give up the play calling? Or shall we go with him another year? Well, the 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 part of the – there's multiple stuff right there. And part – Part of um, my this distaste right now is really thinking about is thinking about where we at team wise now. Like this is the last two games of the year. I want to be thinking about this from a playoff perspective, from a game perspective. What's the right thing to do? Um, because they don't matter, and because they're irrelevant. If we we're gonna. Um, and if we win or lose, it doesn't even matter from a losing standpoint because we can't enhance our draft position in the first round because we don't have, um, we don't have a pick like that. But from, from, uh, you know, do we uh, do do we have somebody else practice? Like, do we have Alex Van Pelt try because the games don't? And I'm not sure he's the answer. <laughs> you know, I, 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 we've never witnessed him calling uh, uh, plays, but but see, and also though, is it is it in the game the other day, um, yes, you're playing to win, but are you? There was, there's been quite a bit of talk of let's not overuse Nick Chubb at the end of the year, uh, realistically, because we're not going to the playoffs. And do we want to get Deshaun uh, acclimated to back to throwing the ball? This past Saturday's game against the Saints, it absolutely is not conducive at all to throwing the ball and stuff. So, you know, are they, are they going to want to? give Deshaun opportunities throwing the ball these last couple games and just open it up. So there's a lot of internal organizational things they got to do. But it's to me, it just sucks that the games don't matter from the playoff perspective, that we're already just talking about these type of things as opposed to just beating the Washington Commanders um, this upcoming Sunday. Hey, Bern, you know, a lot of fans, and me included, are with you, Hanford. I think we've got to see Coach Stefanski take control of the game and give up play calling to someone else. But I want to get your opinion on this because now I'm questioning the offensive design. I, you heard Deshaun Watson in his press conference. They said, why did you throw the ball on fourth and two? And it was that overthrow to uh, uh, Peoples-Jones. He said, well, and they said, did you have an option to run? He goes, no, that was the play was called that way. And we only had two receivers in the route. They doubled Amari on one side. The only place he could go with the ball was DPJ. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what kind of play design? And then you saw at the end of the game, we had three receivers underneath the goal post. There was nowhere for him to throw. So it seems like our scheme is wrong or our play design's wrong. And, and let me ask you to piggyback off yeah. of that, that I want to ask you this. Do you think that uh, because he's not up to speed yet, he does not have the option to change the plays yet? Or Stefanski is just so stubborn, he's making him stick with the plays, whatever he calls. So this is a more macro issue that I don't want to over-ramble on it, but this could be a more macro issue to my issues with how do we even coach young quarterbacks from the high school, college, and even the pro level right now. So many coaches um, aren't coaching up the quarterbacks to have an understanding of the offense 
to how to have the confidence to make that changes. So the fourth and two play, hell would freeze over if there would be a route. And I, I haven't looked at it close enough with the holidays to see if it was just two guys going out. God bless that would you you would be hell pressed to get that past a Wednesday Thursday right. meeting with me without me eating you effing alive. Okay, I don't want to swear on holiday weekend, but you have to have accountability for yourself, and this is part of where I, you know, I try to reach out sometimes to younger quarterbacks and stuff just to see what they know. And then, and I, again, not to make this about Baker and stuff, but this is reaching back to him to see. Like some of the stuff you know, some of the quarterbacks that have been here in our past, fundamentally, how do, do they know enough of the system to, one, either change it or two, stand up to the coach or even know it's wrong? Now, almost all of us quarterbacks know if two guys are in the same area downfield in a pass, it's probably not right. For sure, when there's three there, it's an issue. But there is a concept where you put two guys in and three guys in. The old uh, Joe Gibbs in the in the mid 80s yeah, yeah. they would put three guys in and man press yeah, covers that yeah. for sure they'd want to do it yeah. against you and stuff yeah. and they then scatter yeah. you know one goes did a corner one goes to the middle one goes out well you could do that in optimal conditions or in speed conditions when it's icy frozen conditions you end up with the rugby cluster fuck of people just all in one big rugby scrum <laughs> and, and it's a freaking disaster so you just have to kind of know that stuff and you know what? You've joked before the season that you know we're not really instrumental at all in what's going on. And again, I'm, this is now I'm becoming like a I'm not being a lobbyist with the limited amount of time and stuff. But I'm not sure if organizationally we even understand the wind, and we sometimes understand some of that stuff um, to even have this conversation. And sometimes I know when we played, we were strong enough that we were. If you knew I sucked at something or I knew you were blowing something, I love you. I'm going to tell you. That's right. You're going to tell me. And I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. You want to know. Yeah, you're not offended. Yeah. I ain't going to put yeah. you in timeout yeah. and slam yeah. you in the, yeah. in the locker know. there. I this is about getting better. And I'm not sure uh, organizationally everyone looks at themselves and can take a, you know, a punch in the face and say, hey, I sucked. Yeah. I blew it today. That was my issue. And, and really figuratively change yourself. Um, to make the difference well, with that. Well, I, I have to tell you, we have I have people come up to me on the street and they say, why aren't Bernie and Hanford uh, really talking to the players? And I said, they should because hanging around with you guys, you know this game inside and out. You know out, what should be going on offense, well, defense. Well, like, yeah, how to stay warm through the course of the damn game so that when it's in the fourth quarter, one, you could make your throws, but the receivers and your fingertips go right go text all the people that are at the game the other day same thing catch the ball so there's ways and tricks to keep your fingertips your toes and stuff that sounds petty for no, no 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 guys yeah, but yeah, yeah. when you start at one o'clock and you're frozen and the play you need to make to win the game so you're happy for christmas is it five minutes to four three hours and 55 minutes later there are things you got to do physically to your fingers, your toes ready so that you actually catch the ball Bernie. at the end. That sounds so simple. And you do all these practices all year, all these OTAs, all this training camp, and a lot of it sucks. It don't matter because you don't practice in Ugh. minus 10. And at, at Thanksgiving, at the holiday times of the year, the New Year's Day games, the weather's terrible, so get used to it. And there's tricks you got to come up with. And the wind the other day, you know, 
the, the scheme on a Wednesday, Thursday to come up with cool plays on third and two, fourth and two down the field. I could do that all day long. But, man, you chuck in 45-mile-an-hour gusts. You, you could be wide open from 10 yards. You can't throw physically throw that. And, and let me tell you how cold it was. Let me tell this little quick story, Gab. I know you got to – you're going to scream at me, but anyway, I no, got the good. story you, in there. You do your story. And, and, and it's, it's a little bit different when you're out like, like we are now and playing. You, you, our minds are just totally different. But I, I pulled over the other day, and I was on E. I needed to get some gas. So I, I pulled over to the gas station and, and uh, jumped out. I, I hit the button, and on the inside, the, the, the gas thing was frozen, so it wouldn't pop open. I had to you know, get out and pop the thing or practically prior, prior it open. Yeah. So then I got it open. So you know how I got the, the thing, put it in there, and uh, got it started. So I'm going to run to the car and sit in the car while it fills up. So, you know, yeah. shit, the damn thing kept cutting off. You know, yeah. so I had to get out, go ahead and do it again, and then jump in the car and it cut off again. Yeah. So I was like, God damn, of all days, it's yeah. going to make me pump this gas a whole lot to it. And I didn't have any gloves on. So I got out and I started, I was holding it, pumping the gas. You know how much gas I put in there? Before I couldn't take it anymore, nine dollars. I said, "The hell with it! I can't take it anymore." I put nine dollars in that kid and jumped in the car and said, "Forget it." I, I thought you were going to give me the Christmas story that your your hand got what? stuck That's to the gas like a little boy in the dark. I don't put my tongue out on TV here. I'll be stuck. I'll be frozen here for the. Well, that's what we want to know too. When we think about Coop's drop in the end zone, and then Najoku, I think it was at the end, kind of like let it go past his shoulder. What do you attribute that to? Is there anything? Because you mentioned Bernie, some tips and tricks for the cold. Well, yeah, so what like, could have been different? So done like on Coops, uh, on that. You know, you we all saw him slip point one tenth of a second before um, the ball got there that threw him off that that eight to twelve inches to to miss that rock. Um, there was a massive trick that we used to do with warming up and uh, typically you'd wear sharks which are little rubber sold mm-hmm. cleats or you'd wear um quarter inch cleats or three eighths of an inch cleat and games yeah. like that yeah. you have to mix and sometimes it's illegal to t- certain times of the year or certain seasons but moving up to five eighths and three quarters of an inch cleats little things like yeah. that now yeah. granted they're they're Thick like your pinky and big and stuff, but like and to to get your traction, to get your feet in the ground. People, players don't like them; they're not they're not comfortable. Um, but those are little tricks that gives you your footing there that breaks through that frozen field. Um, also, you're able to sometimes use that with the heated fields, so you get them again for kids out there. This isn't stuff you should be thinking about or doing during the holiday season, but with those five eights like uh, cleats and yeah. stuff. You're able to step on the other guy's fingers, yeah, toes, yeah, body yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really did do that. <laughs> watch so, him scream. So that watch was scream. one of the tricks that the other team couldn't <laughs> yeah, catch yeah. by the end of the game because you had mauled their fingers through the whole th- whole game like that. But you would also have better footing and stuff. But at the beginning of our games, when it's frozen, we didn't have the 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 the. Um, ground heated like that so it it stayed yeah. frozen so actually you yeah. wouldn't wear spikes yeah. you'd almost wear sneakers out there and, and so that they you uh, you and, wouldn't slip like that and i could tell you this i was on the field i i went i was in the middle of the field before the game started and that and that uh, uh that field was slick i mean it was slick and that's why i knew they had to change their uh spikes Please. to different spikes. couldn't wear the regular cleats out there but uh 
So did they make but, the switch to the sharks? Uh, that I don't know. I, that it I don't didn't know. look like it, they did. That's what I said. So that's that, why you see guys right. slipping. And, and, uh, and that's why you see him angry. Candy, yeah. your question earlier. Yeah, yeah. Why do you see three dudes on the same area? Yeah. Well, if you have the yeah. wrong spikes, the wrong cleats, and you're slipping, mm -hmm. you end up with that rugby scrum. Yeah. It's just dudes slipping in the and, same and, and I'll tell you, And I'll tell you this, uh, Kim. You know, and I, my joke was, you know, when I was pumping gas, my hand, I only put $9 worth. But if I had to play a game. Or something like that. My mindset would have been totally, totally different. Totally, totally different. Totally, totally different. I got to do what I got to do in order to uh, win this game. So, Well, putting nine bucks in that Lamborghini of yours. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't take you very far. Right. <laughs> well, guys, we are officially eliminated from the playoffs. And I know it's kind of a buzzkill to, to look ahead. But we got to look ahead to uh, the Washington Commanders. We got our matchup next week. Now, they still have a chance. They're uh, currently the third wildcard team in the NFC. So, for the Browns, is there any fun in playing the spoiler? Is that just something fans say? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That's, you know, that's, just such, that's a very fair question. And, and for the holiday season, I should just cruise into a mellow, generic answer of agreeability <laughs> with you in that. But to, Hanford was just articulating that. On, on filling up the car and the weather, yeah. the mindset that yeah. you have. To to be a championship team, to be a winning team, to be – I'm not wearing my Super Bowl ring today. To have a Super Bowl or a national championship, you have to have a massive yeah. mindset. And to go to win in your division, go into the playoffs, if that is yours, and that's genuinely what you're about, and then it doesn't materialize, it dissipates like it did um, on Christmas Eve at our, on our own field. To think then you have the stones and discipline, mm -hmm. the, the bluntly the balls to come up and mm -hmm. then go on the road mm -hmm. and suck it up again. Um, probably it's it's tough. That's a tough that's a tough ass. It's a disappointing. <laughs> and, and when you look at uh, the Washington Commanders, they're actually I think they're about the seventh seed right now, and they're playing pretty good football. I mean, uh, I, I still you know they changed quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, uh, they bought him in, and now he's mm -hmm. I guess he's going to be their. Uh, uh, starting quarterback. I kind of hate because uh, Chase Young. Well, you know, having Chase come uh, back. Oh, my goodness. The, Why do we have to see him? Why do we have to see him? Well, they have, they, have some, they have something to play for, and they were kind of messing with him of maybe being a little tardy coming back from his, from his injuries and stuff. And I find there's a whole uh, – it's the holiday season and that, but, you know, I think of uh, – uh, some of the stuff that's going on with the Washington Commanders uh, from a macro yeah. side that I don't know if it affects the on-field yeah. football with their owner, Daniel Snyder, and yeah. stuff. And um, I'm thinking of, of multiple points in my head right now, but for the young kids out there, there was a massively graphic uh, broken bone from mm -hmm. a, when mm -hmm. we played Joe Theismann. The great mm -hmm. Lawrence oh. Taylor did a, uh, a steamroll on... on um, on Joe, and he broke his ankle. And I, I, we've talked on our show, and it's a prop I brought in today. But like we talked on our show about some of my injuries, and I broke my ankle, not as bad as Joe, but it did snap. And you know, I brought in show some us, of the, I brought the in thing. some of the stuff here for it. <laughs> and I, and I'm thinking as I'm bringing in my, uh, do you have some screws? You I remember the screws? screws. Show the screws, Brian. But actually, yeah. the trainer, the trainer who got in some trouble for the the red, uh, Redskins, now the Commanders and stuff. Um, was my trainer with the doc, John Uribe, down who did some of my surgeries of the Dolphins. Um, unfortunately, some of my scripting mm -hmm. and that type stuff, too, to set off some of these issues and stuff. But, you know, to see 
to see that type stuff and those type injuries. And for the kids out there, I wear, I brought this as a joke today, but it's actually the reality yeah. as you talk about yeah. the commanders, some of the seriousness of what's going on in Washington and what they did within their organization, it sounds like, with women's rights and abuse and financially and some of that stuff. Well, I know some of the stuff they did in medicine-wise with some of the people there with myself yeah. and that back years ago. But listen, this is like, you heard my house Garrett say a joke about how he's always getting drug tests and stuff. I have, I keep, I didn't wear a mouthpiece when I played. Okay, so for kids out there, that is so stupid of yeah, me. Yeah, really dumb. Yeah. So like, one, it accelerates, amplifies the concussions and things like that. But it also, I don't have any teeth. Yeah. So I keep my teeth in. I keep the teeth that got knocked out in here. So I know. Is that a peacock? Yeah. And then, are your teeth in a peacock? My teeth are in a peacock. I have. This isn't the best. This isn't the best endorsement for our our friend. Dr. Dave Koski, the Koski <laughs> Dental Group. Hey, Bernie. But they always come. Hey, he Bernie. always comes and puts them hey, back in and fixes hey, them. But hey, I, I, wear <laughs> it, I wear it in here like Miles. Hey, B- <laughs> BK, if you can see uh, Angry Kid's face over there. You what know? the hell are we talking He's about? <laughs> you should have seen my face when he put the teeth out on the desk before the show and he shows us these three inch screws he goes these are from my leg and then he's like showing us his uh, his teeth is in his yeah oh, so I don't know I don't want to bring oh, the t- too much of the teeth parts Jam, of my mouth away. and stuff Jam, look away but but these are the we're, I started yeah. on Theisman and yeah. stuff these are actually the screws oh man that yeah. they nail into your ankle yeah. that then goes into your tibula fibula yeah. and I had like six of them that yeah. layered across <laughs> Um, my but, ankle there, but, and then the doc back then they used to let me keep them, which is probably a violation they shouldn't do. But I, I put it in, I put it in the urinalysis thing because back in the '90s and stuff, they would do they would do drug testing for us, and but on on uh, on steroids and stuff, it was random testing and stuff. So. For the people out there, um, if you look yeah. at my body, if I didn't have yeah. my cat's, uh, yeah. Yeah. My cat's uh, <laughs> shirt on here, that I need my generator from Ken, <laughs> Ken Taylor, a great, great yeah. guy down there. Um, right, but yeah. if I didn't, if I didn't, uh, <laughs> if I had taken steroids when I played, yeah. okay, I took the wrong one. Yeah, my yeah, body, yeah, I only yeah, lifted yeah, a buck yeah. eighty-five. So they they had random testing back then. So I was always one of the guys they called so that. I, they knew I would uh, I would pass the test, so we wouldn't want any of the guys that really were on there. Like, and uh, con suspended. And, and, and Gab, to answer your question, to get this uh, train back on the tracks, uh, <laughs> we we yeah, uh, yeah no, no, we, we're a mouthpiece. Uh, that's the that's the sad part about it today is because now at this point of the season we're not playing for anything. We're not. Uh, we just have to. Uh, we, we, you know, like uh, I think Miles tried to address it uh, during the press conference. And, you know, they're still Warriors. They still have to play. But, uh, I mean, because BK will tell you, every single they year. They still got to play, but I'm thinking yeah, of Miles. Every single year at this time, we were. Uh, we, we, were, were we were playing four we games. Were pl- we, we were playing four the, games. Yeah, we wouldn't be sidetracking yeah. on it. Um, yeah, but, I'm thinking of Miles, though, because Miles gets called in all the time. Cause he, he's, and he's natural out there. He has no help. He doesn't need helping artificial helping things for him but i would chuckle when he gets called into work mm-hmm. you know when you find out you got you got called for the piss <laughs> test okay it isn't like it's a scheduled thing you show up like today we were joking before. you show up you open the door there's some doc there in the thing he hands you it okay 
So like if you gotta go do it, he's gonna watch you too. No, he go trust me. We say watch. He goes in and watches. Okay, and for any of you have a little phobia for people watching you take a piss, okay, your Johnson shrieks up to a Miller Skeeter, okay? Oh no! Oh no! Oh my brother. Yes, that's why I'm so scarred. Okay. Miles has a little better attitude with that. Okay. Hey, Gab. Speaking of Miles, have you watched his outfits when he come into the stadium lately? Oh, not a better dressed guy. Oh my! Is that what you call that? Well, I'm saying, remember the dinosaur outfit? What do you have on? What do you have on this past one? Who was the Grinch? Did I see a Grinch? It was similar to that. Farrell Brown. Yeah, that's a great scam on a free a frozen day is to be the like a Santa or a Grinch, you know, you have to put the park on. Hey, well, Hanford, what about your outfit? You don't think I mean Well, I mean, yeah. That, is that hoping, what they're going up against? I was against? hoping you didn't go down that road, uh, you know. <laughs> so so you know, I could get away with it, you know. But we were winning, you know. <laughs> uh, I know you guys hate to look ahead to next season, but with where we're at and, uh, you know, not being in the playoffs, not having much, well, anything to play for other than just getting out there. And what about the people that need to be auditioning players or position groups who should be using the last two weeks as sort of an audition for next season? Who do you think needs to utilize that? Gab, that's a great question, a fair question. Um, I absolutely, for the the details of specifics with and, and unfortunately damn it again man we got so much time to do it yeah, okay yeah, like, that yeah. should be the off season and and we have time to do it and it's absolutely things you need to think about right now but from a, a so from a real specific side i i typically do have those type of uh, opinions and analysis and stuff but from a macro side of it it's for sure you have to get stouter in your run defense in the middle of the in the middle of the defense. And there's a philosophical belief, and I, I argued about this when the team came back in 1999 with, with Carmen policy and and God bless Mr. Lerner and stuff, and God bless Dwight Clark and stuff. But that old San Francisco, that the first Browns team, 98, when they were putting the team together, 99 when we came back in 2000. They believed in going outside in. Yeah. Okay, now I know a cornerback. Yeah. I love my receivers. Yeah. I know I don't want you. I want you guys to cover them, and yeah. I want the receivers to, to get it. But, damn, I want my center and nose tackle. That's important. And if those guys can't play, the guards can't play, your middle backer can't play, your strong safety, okay, that is your core there. So when you have those kind of – philosophical um, differences. You, you got to iron that stuff yeah, off yeah. initially. Because I, I always said the game of football is controlled and played and all starts on the offensive and defensive line of scrimmage. I mean, I think that's where um, uh, the game is played. But you got a lot of guys, uh, they would be crazy not to come out and not to play hard because – uh, obviously, they're not in the playoffs, but you got a lot of guys that are up for contracts, just like you said, they're auditioning, trying to uh, get a job, um, if not here, somewhere right. else next year. And, it's so, ab- and it absolutely shows yeah. up. If you put yourself on film yeah. in the last couple games yeah. of the year, slopping it up, yeah. lack of effort, yeah. turning down uh, contact, yeah. Yeah, that is an easy ticket to get yourself not back. Some guys may actually want and not, they may not want to be back. They may actually kind of be thinking of going somewhere else. For you guys who are thinking like that, please don't think like that because Top yeah, Dog's yeah, so right. Yeah. Everybody's looking, and when you get that on film, they will analyze that. They will eventually find that out. You don't want to represent yourself like that. You know the thing that kills me? When you see a player 
and you see a back or tight end or whoever it is jump over uh, the guy's head. You know why he's able to jump over that guy's head? Gap, you know why? Tell us. Because the guy closes his eyes. He closes his eyes. You can't hit what you can't see. And so you'll see him all the time. They'll go up like this, and the guy just jumps over him. I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I'm like, how? why are you shutting your eyes? If you're scared, go home. <laughs> Drop the mic right there. Oh, no. <laughs> how about worse? See you next week. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. God bless you, 2023. We're, we're done. How about worse stadiums to play in? Because Washington Stadium, FedEx Field, was recently rated uh, the worst stadium in the NFL by USA Today. Now, you guys have talked about how rough Municipal Stadium was before, but what about the worst away stadium you've ever played in? Ooh, with me, I want to say, uh, I want to say probably Denver, Denver was tough. Denver was tough because in that stadium when we played in it, the fans were really close to the uh, close to the field, and just like uh, we can hear them, they, I mean, they were uh, their fans was pretty much like our fans. They were brutal, brutal fans, and obviously those uh, when we went to play our opponents, talking about the teams in the uh, division, division yeah. in the division, that was really tough, like Pittsburgh. Uh, Houston, uh, Houston, yeah. and uh, Cincinnati. It wasn't Baltimore back then. So yeah, so Pittsburgh, Houston Oilers back then, and the Cincinnati Bengals played on concrete. Yeah. So that was the shittiest concrete in on there, and literally the 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 paper uh, the, was as thin as a piece of paper, yeah. and then you're getting it with the indentations, the dents, the uh, um, and, and you just stuff get, you tripped your over. skin just get all beat up. Two on those. Uh, oh, we get staff uh, infection. Yeah. Hey, so literally, so this uh, I've been inappropriate on this holiday season with some of the terminology today. I apologize, <laughs> everybody. But the literally the Houston Astrodome, which was the first game, uh, which is where I started my first game in college that I won, and my first pro start was at the Astrodome. So University of Miami and the Browns, and. Back then, as in today, you're always trying to maximize the use of the stadiums of, of your event. So Houston is then bull uh, bullfighting and then bull riding mm -hmm. is huge mm -hmm. there. So the Astrodome, multiple times in our uh, from '85 to really '92-ish three when we were beating their ass and mm -hmm. stuff, and we got to win in that. You go down there, and they would have bullfights and bull riding the night before. So literally, when you're not wearing a mouthpiece, when you're in socks and jocks, <laughs> and you're getting scrapped across that pavement, you're literally rolling in bullshit. Okay, and it was so it was so bad on some of it. It literally was there, and it looked like my house hey. after I left my dogs for a couple days. Hey, you said. Texas, I gotta ask uh, Angry Ken. Is that what they film Yellowstone in Texas in Houston? Is that is that Houston Ken? No, that... Yellowstone is in Wyoming. Wyoming, okay, Wyoming. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, what about one, two, three? Is that the other one? One, two, three, or is that out of? Uh, uh, I don't know about that okay. one. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? That's a good segue into yeah. uh, the next uh, level of the show. But before we get into that, I wanted to say something because, you know, we talk about players that are watching the show. And I don't know if Cade York was watching last week, but got to give credit where credit is due. In the warm-ups this past week, he had his helmet on and his holder and he was warming up that way. So he heard Bernie. He heard Bernie. He well, yeah, well yeah. that he I, I don't he know did. if you he heard that, but that, that 
That does help, and it was damn cold, so it was better with your hat on than your lid off. And that, but there was something that I noticed uh, the kicks, kickers are doing, and I hope they figure this out, that above the goalpost, it goes an opposite way, and it's, it goes the way of the flag, but below the goalpost, it's going opposite. So if you're a kicker and you feel confident, if you're the special teams coach, you, gotta, you tell your guys, be stouter blocking at the line of scrimmage. You want to chop the trees, knees down. Mm -hmm. Um, because your kicker doesn't want to get too much elevation on the, the ball. ball. He yeah. wants to blast it and almost bore it through the wind yeah. like a golf shot. You know, people have said after the season's done, what's going to happen with the show? Well, there's a lot of really cool content that's coming up. And, uh, Bernie, we're going to want you to tell us some of the things that you've told us in the past about wind and things that Phil Dawson taught you with the flags and how you calculate speed and how you factor that all in and how you throw the ball and kick the ball. So a lot of good stuff coming down the road there. But as we've been saying all along, sports betting comes to Ohio January 1st, and Tipico is our partner, uh, one of the best sports apps that are out there right now. And people have asked, why did Big Play partner with Tipico? Well, for one, they're focused on Ohio, and their bets are going to be geared towards Ohio teams, Ohio players, with some very interesting parlays, double parlays. Uh, teasers, mid-game teasers, and what's so great about the app is that it works so fast that you can do this in between plays. There's nothing worse than having a, an app that is uh, taking a while to regenerate and refresh, and you miss the play. So go take a look at Typico right now. Download the app, $150 for a free play, uh, free bets in Ohio uh, from Typico, and that takes us into our betting sequence. Oh, hey, so as you're get rolling up the uh, the video for the betting sequence, so, Ken, did you say in between plays, or are you going to be throwing out bets for what to do on third and two and fourth and one? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Ken's I'm got hammering. it. What, what I'm hammering. We're passing the ball. Oh, God. <laughs> Angry Ken's, what should we do on third and two? He's got it. He's got it. Okay. No, you know what? This no, and it doesn't have to be what the Browns do. It's what Ken thinks we should right. do. That's the, that's the bet, okay? Uh, I like I, that. I, I've been around so long yeah. that I guarantee when for sure, I bet a lot of money on the pass from Kevin Stefanski. And he's going to run it just because he does not everything that I don't want to do. But uh, let's roll the big play. All right, guys. The roll continues. Um, Broncos and Chiefs. This is an interesting one. The Broncos are getting uh, 13 points at Kansas City. Kansas City still playing for home field. What do you think, guys? Ooh, I was going to say they're getting like 21. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that abominable disaster? Yeah. Why could we play that hell? Right. Oh, okay, God, God, their Santa was mad at us. Okay, that shit show. Uh, to answer your question, the Chiefs, kid, you oh, yeah. got to go with the Chiefs. They're hot right now. They're playing extremely well, and I think uh, they're going to beat them by more than 13. <laughs> What do you think, Byrne? Yeah, I, I barely have any uh, any brain cells left from Denver, yeah, so I'm yeah, not, yeah, no, I'm not taking it. them. And I mean, did Casey, you see them? Kelsey, 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 yeah. who's did having you, another you genius see, year. Did you see them fighting on the sidelines yesterday? Oh, no, the quarterback man. swinging at the offensive lineman. I mean, that the team's terrible. in disarray. That's terrible. Horrible. Disarray. Horrible. You know, and then, and then the Chiefs, by the way, 
A lot of fun. This is what happens when you have a team that's having fun. I saw in the locker room yesterday after the game, Pat Mahomes in front of the team brought a Christmas present to Coach Reed and wanted him to open it. And he opens it in front of the team. It's a giant cheeseburger. But, Ken, this is what you missed. Did you see where Reed almost scared one of the players to yeah, death yeah, before yeah, he, he opened it? Yeah. He said it was alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he really loved him, he gave yeah, him, yeah, yeah. him a smoothie. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I love Coach Reed. We want to keep him with us, man. He don't need a double hey, cheeseburger. You, you, hey, you better man. not go to sleep around him. He's going to paint you know, your... He's going to paint my nose. <laughs> so, yeah. Isn't it amazing how fun it is when you win? And to what he's done without yeah. Tyreek uh, Hill and, and Patrick Mahomes, they've gotten better. Right, right. All right, our three-star is the Vikings getting three and a half at the Packers. This is an interesting one. The Vikings, are they for real, Hanford? I, you know what? They're playing extremely well. I mean, you, people could say what they want to say, but all they do is they just win, win, and win. But uh, you look at uh, Green Bay right now, kind of getting into a groove, but I still think Green Bay should have lost. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I, I think uh, even though they're, they're in Green Bay, right? Yeah. yeah. In Green Bay. I'm still going to go with the Vikings. I can tell you going against me on that one. No, I, I originally <laughs> had thought that the Vikings were uh, – uh, giving the points you know because yeah. the, the vikings don't yeah. win any, even when they win they don't beat anybody right I mean, right yeah. in the uh, right. distance and stuff but so. you know real quick on, on green bay bernie what should they be doing with aaron Rodgers? should they let him play they got to find out what their other quarterback can do right yes yeah, so they absolutely have to find out what he's going to do if they don't think they know already yeah but if if you still have playoff aspirations, and by that, even though I concur with you, they they, they had the miracle, yeah. somewhat of a miracle, yeah. lucky to have gotten that W yesterday to continue um, their their playoff pursuit. When you have the, a possible shot at the playoffs from the player side of it, if you say you're thinking about next year or think about another guy, the they, the other position groups they don't they they yeah. would probably check in on that, check out on that. All right, let's move to the five-star. Now, this one is really intriguing to me. The Buffalo Bills go to Cincinnati. Joey Burrow, I think they're on a seven-game winning streak. Bills minus one. This is going to be a battle. You want to jump first? Yeah, I love love both these quarterbacks. (laughs) I love this game like this. And the... You know the Bengals since since that that big t- that big dog at nose tackles come back they yeah. are damn are they he is stout in there there's nobody moving him the Bills though you know the Bills don't um, really run the ball that much anyway so I'm um, I really think that I really think that I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on my Josh Allen fetish yeah I was gonna say I thought you was gonna go with the Bengals I would have had to go against you there I'm gonna uh, I I think uh, I'm gonna go with the Bills I'm gonna yeah. go with the Bills and I, it's yeah. only and I love Joe Burrow and stuff and I in in his dominance of, of what he can be doing in this but, but this time of the year the, yeah I don't think Josh Allen should be running as much as he is because I I love I I love the way he's playing I want to see him play a as despite I'm a Browns fan, I want to see that kid play in a good dozen, 15 years. Playing like he plays isn't conducive 
to a double digit year career, yeah. but man, in a short run, you in in December like this, that's a tough dog to bring mm-hmm. down running. And the Bengals are playing man, oh, some man coverage. You should get some chances to but, run the ball. But that's he's just one hit away from the season being. Oh real. yeah, then, yeah, the, then the, if, if Josh yeah, Allen, he, he so goes Josh Allen, yeah. so goes yeah. the Bills. Yeah. So astutely yeah. correct. If he's not there, I mean, well, we know who we're picking. Well, and, I yeah. don't know. These backup quarterbacks have been coming in, and they've been playing pretty well. What? what? What about Baker, guys? We didn't even talk about Baker. Oh, I mean, no, no. We weren't getting out of here without that. I got check marks. I mean, I got the, the remaining brain cells. Yeah. Okay, they got that. Those, those are going off there. Man, to see, to see uh, 51 points yeah. know, be put up yesterday, I think Baker was 24 for 28. Every time yeah. they got the ball, the, they scored. The accuracy um, was, was spectacular. And... Um, what what they do offensively with their motion shifts and personnel packages is one of the glowing compliments that uh, I give to Kevin Stefanski every week on our offensive personnel staff. I love you know we how we we've talked at length through the course of the season on the podcast about the scripting of the first fifteen plays and God why can't we script the the whole damn game? Yeah. Well, what they do out there um, is in the Rams. It's almost like they have packages of scripted gimmicks of play action motion shift personnel bootlegs that mm-hmm. is highly conducive through the whole game that's highly conducive to what Bake's doing and you saw that on not the Matthew Stafford here who has the gorgeous arm talent to sling it downfield when he when uh, when the Rams system has mere mortals like myself and stuff had it um with Goff mm-hmm. Goff took them to the Super yeah. Bowl with that type system too so if Goff takes them to the Super Bowl looking good like that Boy, Bake, it's you'd be hard pressed to with, and they're a team too with minimal draft mm-hmm. picks. So, they... well, you know, it's 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 interesting. Those of you that haven't watched Bernie play or Hanford yeah. play, this is what's exciting about the new studios that we've got down at Burke. You've heard us talk about it. When you come down to that terminal at Burke, and we encourage you to, is we're building a, a sports lounge there, but the studios are done and our our show will be there next week but we have two giant monitors playing bernie highlights and hanford highlights and when you see these guys play you it really takes you back bernie you put yourself down man you're one hell of a quarterback Uh you got got number 19 on one mile i like the results i'm just saying about the 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 pleasing aesthetics to how (laughs) how it looked running (laughs) it's a results-oriented world out there kids i'll tell you dave dave and i remember and there's just people standing there watching Bernie yeah, playing yeah, on yeah, one monitor yeah, and Hanford yeah. running around making tackles yeah. and interceptions with the giant towel. Yeah. Fans are going to love seeing this. But it, it one of the, the nice things about the opening of our new studios next week it, is uh, January 1st, as we've been saying, is the first sports bet. And Big Play is planning with Tipico to make the very first sports bet in the state of Ohio and I know there's some other people that think that they're going to do it, but we've got some uh, some things that we know we're going to uh, have up our sleeves. But uh, we're anticipating Bernie making the very first bet. So yeah, and guys. we're gonna and we're gonna check out we're gonna check out the speed of that app you were bragging about <laughs> because I I have a, a little inside information for everybody out there. I and Top Dog, I even yeah. told you this. Yeah. I have a hidden request in there for the first bet to be. Um, Webster Slaughter is going to show up, and can Hanford press cover yeah, him? Yeah, and yeah, me, yeah, am yeah. I going to complete yeah, yeah. that fade takeoff down the sideline at twelve oh one in the morning? Okay, and is Top Dog going to yeah, make yeah. it incomplete That's or right. not? And a real damn ass 
that's long right. shot will be will it be picked off? That's right. Nay. Okay. So, not gonna let him off the ladder. Is that is that one of the ones yeah, that's well, open well, for discussion? At yeah, least humor me. Yeah, there was yeah. multiple choices. Yeah, I saw yeah. like multiple choice F. Okay. <laughs> All right. Would you guys say that the Steelers were your most vaunted rival when you played? Would you say that was that game one of the toughest? Well, you got to say this, and I'm not t- trying to get funny and stuff. Um, maybe I am trying to get funny and stuff because I grew up in the middle of Youngstown and with uh, Pittsburgh on one side, Cleveland on the other, and the Steelers were always winning there. But um, that was so important to me, and we beat their ass so much that yeah. they became they became the last place team in the division, and yeah. it really was it really was because. Uh, uh, um, Bengals and the Bengals and the yeah. Oilers—they were a lot better than them. And because we had to beat them so much. And I'm going to say this about the Steelers: uh, I never forget my rookie season when I came in, and that was uh, Brian Sipe was the quarterback. I played a year with Brian Sipe, and, and well, I ne- they were still really good. Listen, there. Man, that was '83. And I never, I never will forget this. I never will forget this. The guys and everybody told me about the rivalry with the Steelers, and you know, I kind of shook it off. But uh, Brian Sipe ran on the sideline. Jack Lambert. Hit Brian Sipe, and I say, "Whoa!" I said, "This shit's for real." I said, "This is for real." That's when I knew then how how important and what a big rivalry this this. Uh, hey, that, that and was. you know, to to the rivalry and to the Steelers and stuff, and to a lot of the physicalness, cheap yeah. shots yeah. that went both ways, yeah. both teams. We yeah. both, ye who's blameless cast yeah. the first stone and stuff. And for our fans, you know, we talk a lot about. Dislike, hatred. Let's go kill them. You know, yeah. we can't stand them. Yeah. On and off the field, and some of that is unfortunately we're not proud of it. Some of that was actually genuine back then. <laughs> As we've matured, we try to mature with that and stuff. And what we did back then maybe wasn't right in terms of the the mindset of it. But again, we joke. But it was the result oriented of it. But off the field, I became such a good fan. I grew up watching Franco Harris. Oh. And I was at Christmas uh, this past weekend. God bless my mother and stuff. And my mom yeah. was reminding me when we were talking about Franco. And on the Your way up before the sweetheart. podcast, Your mom's a me sweetheart. and Top Dog were walking off talking to her. And we were yeah. talking about, um, and a lot of the people talk about me over the years, about how nice I am signing autographs, smiling and stuff. 1987, 88, I'm at a banquet in Philadelphia. I got like... I got uh, Joe Montana got NFC Player of the Year. I got AFC Player of the Year. Actually, 1987. Mm-hmm. Franco Harris comes up to me in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, at the uh, at the awards thing, and it's you know it's Joe Montana, it's Terry Bradshaw, it's you know it's all the myself. boys just make like, you smile. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, only yeah. 23 yeah, years yeah, old. It's yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. AFC MVP. I'm kind of you know intimidated and stuff. Franco Harris comes up to me and Franco goes, you know, Bernie. My mom, there he goes, you know, you're, I hear you're a really good guy. Some of this rivalry stuff, it's important off the field or on the field. But off the field, you know, how you handle yourself is, is massively imper- uh, imperatively important. And signing autographs for people, being able to look people in the eye, being able to smile at them. Even though he goes, bro, I know you're going to be busy. You're going to be tired. You're not going to maybe be wanting to do it all the time. You know, that 15-second interaction that you're going to go um, will last will last forever. Oh, Especially yeah. to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. So, you know, for Franco, you know, God bless for him. Yeah. I don't want to cry. Yeah. Over this but for yeah. what happened, 
for what he's taught me. And that was 87, in the height of hating the Brown Steelers rival and stuff. And me and him developed this bond. Yeah. And now to carry that forward, yeah. you know, more than 35 years, that's God bless him and his family. Well, you know what, then? I think maybe what we do at Big Play, we think about making that first bet for Bernie, something to do with the Steelers. So stay tuned. The bet's going to be about the Steelers. We'll be announcing it over the course of this week and get ready for the first bet. Oh, 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 so wait, we're going to do that? We're not oh, going to oh, be ready it. for that night to go for the commanders the next day? Like, I don't going to be ready at 12.01 to be saying what's going to happen 12 hours and 59 minutes later? Hey, he's taking it too far now when he's taking it. That, is that not saying, the prop bet that the kickoff will be at 1 o'clock? <laughs> All right, Gab, handing it back to you. Gab, are we uh, are we two minutes or one minute now? We're gonna get our two minutes in. I, I would. We, we were still shooting, got two minutes. We were shooting for a shorter segment today. We thought yeah. maybe we wouldn't have much to talk about, but look <laughs> at these guys go off today. I feel like this is one of our funniest episodes. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your stories. As always, I'm gonna give you two minutes on the clock here. We'll get into that. Two-minute warning. I said it again. I don't want to be repetitive to the opening drive. 21st year of 22 this century, not in the playoffs. Um, how, do we, how do we rectify that, that mental state of, to, to get around that issue? Well, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about this show. You know, everybody's talking about, uh, you know what, we have two games left or whatever. I mean, you and I, we know basketball. We know baseball. Who says we can't keep this thing going? You know, we, we'll, we'll talk about oh, it. Oh, you know what? Uh, you from know the what? health and wellness, uh, from the other stuff yeah, going on, yeah, from the lifestyle yeah, of assimilating yeah. into it. And you know what? One of the things, too, as, you know, we have the holiday season and the, the new year coming up, and we're so blessed to have so many great things in our country and our world with our families and yeah. stuff. I put, I myself, I put so much damn emphasis. I love the game of football. It's been so great to me. Um, but I've let it affect me so much over the years. And for people out there who have, are as disappointed and as angry and yeah. mad as we yeah. are, as angry Ken is yeah. and stuff, it, yeah. it's some, sometimes, unfortunately, it's not just an yeah. act. It is genuine. But there is some things and yeah. some great people that are around you. Don't let it get you down. Yeah. Don't let it affect your relationships around you, your families. I, one of the best kind of cool compliments I get, and I got it a, quite a few times this past weekend, dog, mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, older grandmas, mm -hmm. mothers come up to me, mm -hmm. and now I'm kind of the grandpa, mm -hmm. father type mm -hmm. guy now, and they come up to me and they say, they thank me, and they say, you know what I miss on Sunday? I really miss the, the men, the families being happy. You know why I really love you and you guys? Mm -hmm. It wasn't that they loved football. They loved that it, on Sundays in the 80s, their families were happy. People were happy. They had dinner with their, uh, they made their dinner and their families came over and they watched the game. The men were happy. The families were happy. The kids were happy. Their Sunday nights mm -hmm. were fun. Mm -hmm. They go, we haven't had fun weekends. Mm -hmm. We haven't had fun family Sundays um, this century. We're in the mm -hmm. third decade. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's 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 sad it, for the people out there. Yeah, it, God bless it, you. We're trying. Yeah, yeah. We love you. We look for it, other it, things. If these are the thing, if it brings yeah. you and your families into these types of states. And, and, and you're right. And one thing about us, we go out of our way to uh, say hi and and be nice and spend that little. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes uh, extra at the time. effect of yeah. our families. I mean, yeah. our families, we're doing things yeah. like this. We're at yeah. Christmas Eve the other day. We'll be doing stuff yeah. on New Year's. Some, God, sometimes we have to miss in and around birthdays for stuff <laughs> like that. But 
we care. I mean, when we say, you know, I joke with you, Matt. Yeah. We do things for you. We yeah. care about you. Yeah. It's not a University yeah. of Miami thing. It's about you do matter, and we try to give back. And I'll say this. We hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, and uh, hope you have a good New Year. BK, another good show. Love it. Hey, birthday boy and Christmas, <laughs> awesome to you. Great 2022. We're going to have an amazing 2023 on and off the field. Thanks. And we have more control of what's happening off the field than on the field. But <laughs> Thanks, God big dog. <laughs>